hope everybody's doing great. How many of you are sitting next to somebody that's just amazing? I got a few. Now, a couple of you turned and looked to make sure to say that. Oh, okay. Well, a couple things. Um, we talked last week. We have uh, an Eagle Scout, young lady that uh, is an Eagle Scout that chose our church to do a project. They ended up pouring concrete Saturday morning at 6.15 in the morning. So I'll show you a couple pictures. It's actually in the kids' area. First picture is of the bigger area. There um, So that's all concrete. In fact, it's pretty amazing to look at it. That was dirt and some plants, um, and it is a large area of concrete. And then the last one uh, is the other area that they poured under the stairwell. How this kind of worked out was um, she has to raise all the money to do it. She raised twenty five hundred dollars to do the to do the project, and they did it by hand. This small section, and they thought there's no way we're going to be able to do everything. Well, there was another family that is in the homeschool group here on Tuesdays and Wednesdays that have um, this construction, so they came and pumped it in. So that'll be dry here in the next day or so. Then she's got a little bit extra money. We do have some chairs, but they're going to plan some other seating and umbrella area. So that'll be great um, for the kids and everything there. So again, uh, awesome uh, opportunity. We have another Eagle Scout that came. In fact, when we talked with him about uh, a project, he's got to choose something else. So um, how many of you would like one of them to come to your house? <laughs> That'd be a good one, right? We got some people in the church, they would love somebody uh, to come to the house. And if you missed our movie night last night, we had a great movie night. How many of you remember the movie Surf's Up? Does anybody remember? And, you know, 2007. And you look at now the, the different graphics uh, of, of today. So um, the other one is this coming on the slide back, the welcome on this coming Saturday, even though it's Thanksgiving weekend, uh, we are doing the food ministry that runs between 10 uh, and 12 p.m. You're available to serve, and that's actually getting to hand out food inside the fellowship hall. We'll do that at about 9.30, uh, so love for you to come out. You need to work off some turkey and stuffing anyways, right? All right, uh, as well, so that's coming up as well. Anyways, remember our uh, prayer at hillschurcharcadia.org or uh, our website for all the upcoming events. Now, this next Sunday, we usually do our Christmas decor and we have lunch. Actually changing up a little bit Christmas decor with some things that are going on the weekend, but we'll have lunch this next Sunday, even though we're probably all on a diet, right? How many of you are thinking about Thursday? Anybody thinking about you need to, like, ask for forgiveness now or everybody's doing good? All right, everybody's doing good. How many of you have some favorite recipes of the family that you're so looking forward to. How many of you have none? How many of you are, all right, you try to, you're praying that Taco Bell's open or something else, but uh, all right. Let me read this one verse for our uh, tithes and offering. In fact, it's a great one to look at, Psalm 103, one through five, but verse two says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You know, you can read through there and read of the benefits of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Here's the important, and forget not, right? Forget not. Let's put this prayer on the screen. In fact, as uh, we read this together, 
Read it as a prayer that you are praying individually to your Heavenly Father in our time today. Let's read this together. As I give in today's offering, I remember all of the good things you have done for me. I remember your great mercy that you freely gave to me when I did not deserve it. I will not forget all of your benefits and goodness towards my life. And I give today with a heart filled with thanksgiving in Jesus name. Amen. In fact, if you're giving in service today, there's an envelope in the seat back pocket. Uh, you can take that envelope with your offering. And as you exit today, you can place it in the offering slot on the wall. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online or for, find our P.O. box. I do apologize for this screen. Is it flashing? Um, we have a software that we have to switch over to, and I think it's causing that. Is that like for me, it was driving me. Like I, I was probably wondering, is it an eye? Like you feel like you're at the DMV. Is it driving anybody crazy? Or everybody's good. All right, so just tell somebody you can look at that one, or the back, but don't turn your chair and look at the back. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles today, open with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I know typically, I said this last week, uh, we take November and sometimes we look at sections of Scripture to be thankful for. But the Bible doesn't teach us that we're to be thankful this coming Thursday. The Bible teaches us that Thanksgiving or a life of thanks is something that we do as a believer every single day. So in Mark chapter 5, we'll get there in just a minute, I want to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. In fact, this, uh, this will set up really the story that we look at today. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let's all read this together. This is a great verse. Read it. Ready? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God's perspective, when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, however you felt when you became in Christ, he looked at you as a new creation. You may not have felt like it. You may, it may have taken some time for that old to fall away. But he looked at you as that brand new creation. So in a minute when we look in Mark 5, we'll look at uh, a situation with a young man. How many of you have flown on an airplane re recently? Anybody recently got on an airplane? You know, we've done a couple little trips uh, that we've done. Michelle coming back on one of her trips. How many of you have seen a lot of animals on the flights too? That's like kind of unusual. Like everybody's bringing their dog nowadays. I didn't know you like you could just, you could do that. So Michelle sat in a seat where this lady had, it was a coon tick hound, like a hunting dog, big dog. And it basically sat in her lap almost the whole trip back. She couldn't move her feet. And then when she left, she had hair all over her and she said you know it, it's one thing because I was actually heading home but like if you were doing a business trip and you were having to go do a presentation and then you were like furry hairy 
that would be, you know, like an issue. So she emailed the airline just to say she was surprised that nobody asked or said anything about making any accommodation. It was this big old dog. They sent her an email. In fact, they sent her three emails. Each email, you got to choose from a $150 gift card to something. So she told me about, well, I jumped on her email, and I filled those things right out. I said, you know, because you don't know. They're all, like, time sensitive, right? We'll give you 30 seconds. Uh, so she got a $450 in gift cards, and she sent in a really nice email. Well, I remember looking on, on YouTube, and of course, once you click on one video and you look up something, you hit that algorithm of everything. So I first looked up uh, if there was anything going on with airlines and pets. The next thing, have you noticed like people misbehaving on airlines? I mean, is that like, sure seems more and more, doesn't it? Remember in the early days, nobody said a word. Even when we traveled last, uh, on the exit row, they have to verbally ask you to make sure that you know you're in an exit row and that you will perform the duties. And I remember the flight attendant raised her voice. Nobody was paying attention to her. They all had their headphones in. They were already watching movies. And she was getting a little bit upset. There's actually a guy, and I saw him on YouTube. He travels with duct tape on airlines because he had to duct tape a guy, crazy drunk guy on a flight. He ended up, you can look it up, he ended up duct taping a guy. And this guy had duct tape on his mouth, in his hands. And I thought, that's pretty genius, isn't it? But the reason I say all that, I saw one, and this lady, uh, and I forget why they were getting her off, but she seemed nice and compliant. And I'm telling you, when her eyes turned and looked at the camera, I knew those weren't just eyes of somebody drunk or upset. It reminded me of the story that, that we're going to look at today. Man, she went like wacko crazy. Uh, and I remember seeing eyes just like that when I was in Sri Lanka. And our very first night, pouring rain, and I walked past this lady, and she looked at me already with these, like, crazy eyes. But I thought she was looking at me just because I, I'm different. I'm in a different country, and I'm different, different area, and maybe she hadn't seen, you know, somebody like me. But in the middle of worship, this little lady screamed out in this loud, like, man, crazy, creepy voice. And I remember looking over, and my mind had already processed this lady's demon-possessed. But then it seemed like my mind went in like slow, what am I, I'm going to turn, and I'm going to grind, I'm going to. And next thing I know, these six pastors were up there praying. Well, it got so crazy, she hit the ground and was slithering like a, like a snake. No, I did not pull my phone out and video it, right? Like everybody, you know, seems to do today. And I'm telling you, in just a moment's time, she was back sitting six seats from me worshiping the Lord. And her eyes, had, I'm, I'm telling you, if you've ever seen uh, anything like that. So we pick up the story in Mark chapter 5. And the reason that we're looking at this, because we finished the sower sows the word, but it didn't finish there. It finished when Jesus decides it's finished, but he wanted to go to the other side that night. He didn't wait. We looked at it last week. There's a storm that's going to come. Jesus had a purpose to get to the other side. We picked this up in Mark chapter 5, and I want to read verses 1 through 20. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerardines. And when he had come out of the boat, 
immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken into pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus. Let me stop right there for a minute. Jesus tells the disciples, let's go to the other side. The moment Jesus gets out of the boat, this person knows that Jesus has arrived. And he ran and he worshiped him, verse 7. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. And he said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all of the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And all at once, Jesus gave them permission. The unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and grounded in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it to the city and to the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed, who had the legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told how it had happened to him and, how, um, and who had the demon-possessed and the swine. Then they began to thank him and thank him. No, what does it say? Then they begin to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Let me read that again. Jesus's instructions. Go home to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to pro proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Well, Father, as we read your word today, again, we, we thank you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. 
a story with a man without a name that we're given, but a life completely transformed by people that were obedient to follow when he said, let us go to the other side. We bless you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. I thought that was powerful. Mark 4, 35. You've been listening to Jesus, his parables, his teaching, answering, asking, answering questions. Now he wants to go to the other side in the middle of the night. And it's a powerful word in Mark 4, 35. Let us cross over to the other side. When Jesus tells you to do something, he's going to follow through if you do it to see that it's done. Right? If he says to cross over, what are you going to do? Cross over. Now the disciples have no idea what's going on. They're crossing over and they were so afraid that they were going to die. But really what this turns out to be, a six-mile boat ride, no motors, right? Possibly, maybe, oars, a sail. Six miles across the night to deal with and minister to what? One person. And that side of the Sea of Galilee are the Gentiles, some Roman people, the Greeks. This is not Jewish people. This is not of the tribe. One person. I remember I listened to a minister one time, and the Lord had impressed on him and his wife that they needed to travel to Israel. And I forget the exact city that they went to, that there was somebody that he needed them to minister to. Now, if I said to you, hey, I'm going to be gone this week. The Lord spoke to me this morning. He told me to go to Honolulu tomorrow. Now, some of you are laughing already, right? How many of you would be like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. So this couple flew all the way to Israel. Um, and on the last day when they just decided they had not met anybody and they were going to book their return flight, they went in a store to pick up something for a grandkid. And it was in that store where they met this one girl as, as a conversation took place. It was her that says, I was praying that the Lord would send somebody to talk to me about Jesus, but nobody's been coming. I've been praying for this for years. And yet we think of sometimes that the this is crossing over six miles. The Lord had somebody go do it because evidently there were people somewhere in Israel that weren't listening or sensitive to the voice of the Lord. And so God will use those that are sensitive to what he is saying. So this becomes Jesus's first missionary journey. A person in the Bible has no name. You know, we read about names in the Bible. But every once in a while, we don't get a name of who this person is. But here's what we know. We know that they have a legion of demons, which in the, the Roman numerology is somewhere between 5,800 and 6,000. Now, we know that the devil's a liar. But probably speaking to Jesus, this is something uh, that we can believe. Uh, we know that he screams and cries out day and night. He lives in the tombs. People have tried to shackle him. You know, how many of you, if you were in high school and you heard of some crazy guy in the great, you know, in the great, you would have probably tried to do this. Anybody with me? Like, we would have probably tried to, we're going to go, we're going to hold him down, we're going to shackle this guy up. It'll be fun. 
Friday night, and then we'll go after, we'll go to In-N-Out. How's that sound tonight? Well, he's broken every shackle. Anytime somebody tried to chain him, it's been broken. And pretty much in this one area, there's got to be great fear that's taken place that nobody can do anything because of this one individual. Doesn't seem like he's going back into the town, but we know that he's loud. We know that he's cutting himself. We know that he's in torment, but he has the heart of Jesus. Yet they had to follow when he said, let us cross over to the other side. It's an interesting verse in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 4. I always love when I read these verses and I think, oh, how much more, right? I need to read these scriptures because now they make sense. Who sit among the graves and spend their night in the tombs who eat swine's flesh. And the truth of abominable things is in their vessels. Boy, could this be a prophetic word of Isaiah that gives a description of exactly what this person's going through. That they live in the graves, right? Spend their nights in the tombs. Well, we already read about swine. Eat swine and do abominable things. But the moment Jesus' foot touches the seashore, this person and these demons are already alerted to who Jesus was. So let's look at the difference of, of two things. The disciples on the boat, right? The difference of who Jesus was. Who can this be, right? Here's the 12 disciples. Who can this be that even the wind and the waves obey him? Well, let's look at the man, uh, the madman of Gadara. Jesus, son of the most high God. What a difference. What a difference. <clears throat> Let us be people that are different in our day. Let us not be people questioning and wondering. Let us be people that acknowledge Jesus. Right? Son of the most high God. Here's what's interesting when we read about uh, demons, if you can remember. Demons are fallen angels. These demons, these fallen angels chose to be deceived by Satan and were called just that, fallen angels. They already chose not to follow God. But now they're going to choose, they have to submit to Jesus. They have to submit to his very words. And it's interesting when we read these things, is when we read these things that um, Jesus talks to them after they want to be sent into the pig. 2,000 pigs. Can you get a picture of that? Two. Anybody here own a pig? How many of you have a dog or a cat at home, right? Can you imagine having 2,000 cats in your house? You know, can you imagine having 10 dogs? 2,000 pigs that run and run off the shore down and drown. You know, they called that in the south. That's when barbecue began, right? That's where they figured out they had enough uh, pigs there to do it. But now the area is free. This man, and I pray, you know, many times when people come to us and ask us to pray, pray for a, a son or a daughter, somebody running from the Lord, I always will pray and use this verse that they are found seated, clothed, 
and in their right mind. Right? That, that's that prayer. Well, we see that what took place uh, in here. In fact, let me read this again. This is um, in Mark chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had a legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. <coughs> and those who saw it told how it had happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from the region. It's interesting that the business mind probably took over. Can you imagine being that farmer that lost 2,000 swine? The people did not want to receive Jesus into these 10 cities. The people wanted Jesus to leave. To leave. And yet we read something that's so powerful when we read this verse is this young man that has been set free wants to follow Jesus. You know, I started going through my Bible, and Eric and I were talking about this morning, how many times we read about where, uh, and Jesus is the one that teaches us that you can leave the 99 to go after the one, but there are the ones out there that don't want to come back. The rich young ruler, Jesus didn't go back after. In fact, he gave the rich young ruler an amazing opportunity to come and follow him, but he chose not to do it. Here's somebody with an amazing testimony. Can you imagine this testimony? They tried to chain me up, and it didn't work. I would shout and scream. Nothing would work until the day that Jesus stepped on the seashore, and everything was changed. Wouldn't you want that guy in your ministry team, right? Wouldn't you want him out there doing something? And yet here's what Jesus tells him to do. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. You know, many times the greatest testimony is what's happening with you. This Thursday, hopefully you don't have a demon sitting at your Thanksgiving table. Right? At least you know what to do. <laughs> Sorry. Take time. And tell those around what you're thankful the Lord has done. You know, we started off with that verse. I want to read again. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Think of this through even the life of this uh, man that we read about. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I walk this out day upon day. Have you ever had old things try to come back on you? But I walk this out because today's a day that I'm a new thing. I don't want to be like the people there that felt like Jesus slighted something from me. No, Jesus does something very powerful. This man goes back and he begins to tell everybody in those 10 cities what Jesus did. You can read in Mark chapter 7 and 8. You can read Matthew and Luke. Jesus then goes back into that area. Jesus ministers to over 4,000 people. Some of the scriptures that we read that um, he healed all of the diseases happens in those 10 city areas. He actually sent this person ahead of him. 
You know, up until then, the ministry of Jesus, he went before the disciples. Later on, he'll send the disciples out before him. But he chooses this one who is set free, who probably doesn't know much, to go before him to be a witness. Just one. I read this fact. I'll, I'll close with this. I, I think, oh, I didn't tell you my title today is Rabbi Be Gone. Listen to this little uh, short story. Rabbi, be gone. Thy power bring loss to us and ours. Our ways are not thine. Thou lovest men. We love our swine. Oh, get you hence omnipotence and take this fool of thine, his soul. What do we care about his soul? What good is it to us? that you have made him whole, for we have lost our swine. And as Christ went, he had wrought for a sign of love and hope and tenderness divine. They wanted swine. Christ stands at your door and gently knocks. But if your gold or your swine the entrance blocks, he forces no man's hold. He will not depart and leave you to the treasures of your heart. No, cumbered chamber will the master share, but one swept bare by cleansing fires, then plenished fresh and fair with meekness and humility and prayer. There he will come, yet coming even when he stands and waits and will no interest win until the latch be lifted from within. Bow your heads if you would with me today. Father, would you remind us today how powerful our lives are? That when we accepted Jesus as our personal Savior, confessed him as Lord, when we became in Christ, old things fell off and you see us as a new creation in you. Father, would you allow our conversations, our prayers, that those that we interact with allow us to come across the path of the one and to remember that all authority has been given to us and to simply trust the name and the power of Jesus. In fact, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, or maybe you've been running from him, and this is that day of opportunity, like that poem says, that you can lift the latch from within and allow him to come in, I want us to pray this prayer together. In fact, I want all of us to pray this prayer, but if this is you today, I want you to pray it, believing in your heart as we say this word. Pray this after me, everyone. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart, and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, if you prayed that today, either the first time 
either coming back to the Lord, how powerful it is to allow old things to be thrown off and allow what God sees in Christ. What we see in the scripture of a life changed, and he doesn't do anything except he's going to follow what Jesus says to do. That's what he asks of all of us. Follow what he says to do. Let us go to the other side. Doesn't seem super powerful, does it? But the connection that takes place on the other side is powerful. Stand with me if you would. We're going to close with this song.